You are now listening to Discover Your Potential with renowned radio talk show host and certified holistic practitioner, Cindy Gilman. So listen, participate, be inspired. Know that you can discover your potential. Here she is, Cindy Gilman. Be the best you can be. Always have faith that tomorrow will be better than today. Remember, optimism is always a brighter window to look out on the world that is pessimism and despair. Always believe in the good of people, the capacity of the human spirit for accomplishing good is boundless. Be the best you can be. It will not only help you to grow as a person, but will inspire others to do the same. Leave your heart open to forgive others, for a time will come when you too will seek the healing forgiveness of a kindred soul. Strive for the things that touch the heart, for only then can you achieve the peace and contentment that go into shaping a happy life. I always like to read something at the beginning of the program. Hi, this is Cindy Gilman. I want to thank all of you for listening. I want to thank Doug for keeping us on track technologically. It's been a kind of weird week, too. I know there's a lot of stuff uh, floating around with colds and flu and respiratory stuff and uh, the fires in Australia. I know that Ellen DeGeneres has set up a special fund for all the animals uh, to be helped and rescued out there. And this program is geared to helping you to discover your potential. I know sometimes in life we think we're all set, living in a place that's familiar, being in a relationship that's familiar, doing the kind of work that's familiar. But then the universe shows us something, and we make a drastic change into as our guest today calls the real brass ring. Um, Brass ring has a number of different meanings, and when I bring her on, and I know you're going to like this program, you'll see what she means. If you've missed any of our past programs, you can listen to the podcast on either Spotify or iTunes, or you can go to www.wdyptalkradio.com or to my website, cindygilman.com. Hope you all had a good week, a wonderful holiday season. I know sometimes holidays are tough for people, um, especially if they've gone through a loss or they uh, they remember incidents that weren't exactly favorable. So we need to be able to let go of those and just focus on the positive. It's, um, as I said, this is a program 
that's there for you to discover your potential. I, uh, when I started reading our guest's book, I was, uh, I was pleased and also I, I was kind of interested because we had similar backgrounds. Um, I found it fascinating that each of us started out performing and, uh, and then shifted gear and uh, found ourselves doing work to help others. I, as a spiritual grief therapist or um, medium and intuitive, and uh, so I'd like to bring on our guest today, Diane Bischoff-James. Diane, welcome to the program. Hi, Cindy. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, I'm excited to have you. I was, you know, I was so excited when I read about your background because it's so similar to mine. I know. (laughs) We're definitely kindred souls, Cindy. Absolutely. Absolutely. I just want to make this phone a little louder. There you go. Uh, sometimes this phone decides to uh, go on quiet mode. But um, you have a very interesting background, so let's start right at the beginning because you st- you started out in Chicago, correct? Yes, I was there for many years. And so let's talk a little bit about where you started and how you found the brass ring. Okay. Um, the funny thing is I think I started, and this is, you know, my early career and 20s and 30s, <clears throat> I was pursuing not the brass ring, but I was pursuing the American dream. I went after everything that I was told to go after, um, mm-hmm. came from an educated family, and I heard, you know, you got to get a big job, you have to have a big education, you have mm-hmm. to have you know, a career that made all this money. And the real goal was to get all the stuff, you know, the possessions, the, you know, the big house. And um, I ended up getting, had my own business. Um, I went to Northwestern, I started my own marketing business, got mm-hmm. married, um, and I was really lucky. I did well. I, I had a mini mansion across from the lake. I had three kids. I was running, it felt like, you know, a million tracks all at the same time. Everything from sitting on the playground and, you know, being a coach for cheerleading and also keeping my international clients happy. And uh, I decided at 40 to go see Sonia Choquette. Mm -hmm. I'm sure a lot of know of Sonia. She's amazing. She was uh, early in her career back then, and she lived in Chicago. And so I went to her house and expected her to tell me that I was, you know, keep going, superstar. You're doing all these amazing things, 16 years in my marriage. Uh, but instead, she, um, <laughs> I like to say, you know, she smacked me upside the head for about an hour and uh, told me that everything about my life was wrong, that it oh. was, you know, <laughs> it was... It was, it was, and I paid for this, you know, so it was like... She didn't pick wrong. out one or two things. She just said everything. 
Well, she said, you know, wrong guy, wrong career, wrong passion, wrong, uh, wrong pursuits on my interests. Um, I was also, she was kind enough not to say anything, but I was 190 pounds, so I was grossly overweight. Wow. And, uh-huh. uh, and she said, I'm also going to tell you, you're chronically and clinically depressed. And wow. if no one told you that, and I hadn't told her, but I was sucking down Prozac like there was no tomorrow, and um, she was right. Oh, and this is National Pharmacist Week. <laughs> so let's not go visit one of those for those, for those pills. Well, that's what they give you if you go to the doctor. You say, oh, I'm going to help you with my face. And they write, they get a little piece of paper out, and they start writing stuff down. Right. And, um, and so I say she outed me. She completely outed every area of my area of my life. And, you know, she I was also at first I wanted to strangle her because, you know, how dare you tell me that everything's wrong. Um, uh, and, and, well, you know, were you she in was, a good marriage? Well, the truth is that Sonia nailed it. And uh-huh. um, my marriage was, you know, I was overweight. All mm-hmm. my whole body was breaking down. I was so depressed I could barely get out of bed. Uh, my career was successful but unfulfilling, and mm-hmm. I felt like I was in a loveless relationship, and we were struggling with finances because they forget to tell you, hey, you get the big house, you got to keep paying for all that stuff, right. and it becomes a machine. And, um, you know, I also thought that I was in such bad shape with my shoulders and my back and my knees and my feet. I wasn't sure I'd be actually walking around, and this was like right when I turned 40. I wasn't sure I'd actually be physically mobile 10 years from, from then. So when I was 50, I thought I'd be a wreck. And so um, Sonia said, if you don't hurry up and grab at the real brass ring, it's going to be too late for you. And now, she I, used the term the real brass ring? Yeah, she did. She used now, it. What, I heard her. Specifically, what does that mean to you? Well, the real brass ring, and that's an old phrase that people have been using for years and years, not so much current, you know, modern mm-hmm. talk, but in the past, what it, it came from um, a, an amusement park that's in San Diego, and you go on this ride, right. and there's steel a rings, brass ring. and there's a couple of brass rings. And if you grab right. the steel, you get to grab them, and then you kind of throw them at a target, but if you get the brass ring, you get a free ride. So, uh-huh. and you stay on all day if you keep getting the brass ring. So I heard what, you know, I, she was right. I was upset. In fact, I went in my car. It was, in, it was about this time in Chicago. And I went in my, I had this cute little sob convertible, and I was wearing, like, red gloves, and I sobbed. I sobbed so uh-huh. much I soaked my gloves. You know, I'm sitting in a car. Uh-huh. It's 10 degrees outside. Because someone finally called, called me out on, you know, that, that I think it's more like being a victim of the American dream rather than having any – feelings of success or joy from it. And so uh, she called me out on it. I paid her, and then I walked out and said, oh, great, so I'm supposed to trash my life. How do you, how do, you do that? How do you take three kids, a house, uh, schools, clients, and just dismiss that? You know. And so, so what, it, what occurred to me shortly after I recovered from the shock is that, first of all, um, I had all the symptoms of being very unhappy, I was depressed, actually. Um, I didn't want to, I knew that the medication wasn't helping anything. It made me feel nothing. So um, I took Sonia's words to heart, every single one of them. And she said, become an actor, an author, a teacher, and a healer. And she said, write your stories down because 
people are going to find them, first of all, very amusing and entertaining, she said, but it's the dirt and the muck that everybody has to go through to transform their lives, but you're going to be able to show them how. And, and that's what I dedicated really the last 15 years of my life doing, trying to figure out how to tear it all down to the ground, but piece by piece and, and do it in a way with ease and grace mm-hmm. so that when you go after the real brass ring, so what it means to me now is that in truth, and I say this in, you know, with all, in all earnest, that your world is filled with endless possibilities. And once you live in authenticity as your true self and you're pursuing your life's work and you grab at every amazing opportunity that comes your way, that you do find what we're all looking for, which is that internal joy and you can reach for your highest and greatest good. And, And I believe that that's what we're all looking for. And it turns it all around. It's it's very simple in many ways. Uh, I think people some, some people look at it as very difficult work because yeah. so many people are f- fearful of change. Yes, aren't we all? I mean, and it is, sometimes, you know, the process of change may feel difficult, but it's certainly worth the effort. I love your personal mission statement. I came here to help others find and achieve their greatest good by finding and achieving my own. I just love that. Yeah, I, I'm working through it still every day. Well, I, you know, I think our, our lives, we work through our lives our whole life. You know, there's always know. work to be done. There is. And, it, and we didn't come with the manual. You know, wouldn't it have been nice if someone right. would I always, uh I always joke and say kids don't come with the manual. <laughs> I always and tell my clients. children, you don't, have, you don't have a manual. No. And, our, and, and our every lives, child is different. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I just want to take one moment, and I don't want to take it away from you, but my one wonderful son is going to celebrate his birthday, and I just want to say, happy birthday, Daniel. You are my greatest achievement. (laughs) Happy birthday, Daniel. He is amazing. I love him. Uh, Well, I love him, too. (laughs) He is. He's, he's just a wonderful, wonderful person. So let's talk a little about a bit about your performing, because both of us started out performing. I, as a child performer. Well, Sonia told me the first thing to do is become an actor, so I did it. Um, I was, you know, overweight, and I said, hey, you know what? She said become an actor, so... That, and I'd always loved it. I mean, it was my heartfelt passion since I was a kid. But I was mm-hmm. told, hey, you know what? You can't make any money being an actor, so right. shut that down. And I did. Uh, so I picked it back up at 40, and I went for a community theater. That was the first mm-hmm. thing I found. And showed up with a corset, seriously, because they didn't have Spanx back then. So I had this uh-huh. huge corset on, trying to, you know, look as fit as possible. And um, had the worst audition ever, probably ever, anywhere in the world, but (laughs) I showed up, 
And right. you know how it is, Cindy. It's it's about putting your feet, you know, it's always a matching grant. The universe can only match you if you put your feet out there and take those steps. So I did that. I thought I'd get the lead, of course, right? And um, they gave me the, in the, for Oliver, they gave me the role of townsperson one. That was my title. <laughs> so, That's a chorus. <laughs> it was my first step being an actor. I was, I actually was thrilled because I got in. And uh, since then, I've done over 50 movies and commercials, and um, I have had a fabulous time being an actor. Um, but I, I had the guts and the grit to show up no matter what. And I think that that's right. the important. It's and the Oliver, I mean, that must have been tough because one of the, one of the best songs in that show is called Food, Glorious Food. <laughs> yeah. And if you're trying to lose weight... That's not a great song to have to sing. Well, actually, I lost 30 pounds doing that show because I felt happy for the first time wow. in 40 years. Truly happy. Every cell in my body loved being, I, you know, they make you dance for like three months anyway, especially with community theater, you practice forever. So we had the hot lights and we were doing the can-can. And so all mm -hmm. of that was my first, it demonstrated to me, first of all, when you're on purpose, when you're truly on track with your life's work, it does fall into place. I didn't really do much for the first 30. It took quite a bit to lose 50 after that, but, um, but. How did you it do was, it? Oh, it was. And did you have a I special loved. plan or did you? Here's the simple stuff. I know a lot of a lot of what I do with my clients right now is is it, it's very um, intuitive and organic, but it works. Mm -hmm. I start listening to my body, and I cut off all eating after about 6:30, and I still mm -hmm. do this to keep the weight off. I've kept it off for for 15 years, uh, and so after about six o'clock, I imagine there was a lock on the fridge, there was mm -hmm. a lock on the cabinets, and I could have like fruit. And I had, honestly, Cindy, anything I wanted early in the day, and we're talking milkshakes, hamburgers, fries, whatever. It didn't matter because I have a, I didn't want to be controlled. <laughs> so I would have what I was craving as mm -hmm. much as I wanted, and I knocked it off at night, and the weight fell off steadily over about a year because I wasn't burning any calories at night, and every week was like a celebration. On and I wasn't hungry either. That's the funny thing. Your body will adjust. So I was very. I'm very aware of like what I'm craving. I, I allow myself to have it. If I'm gonna, if you're gonna binge, binge big, do it, and just let yourself have it, and then have immediate forgiveness on that day, and you start over the next. So right. um, you know, Ben and Jerry's eat the whole. If you're gonna do it, go for the pint. And I yeah. would sit and just. You know, <laughs> You ever had chocolate obsession? It's pretty good. Uh, so, but you know, but I, I I stopped guilting myself about it. I knew that this was about um, finding. Uh, I think our bodies are so intelligent; they're brilliant. It's brilliant, and if you really look to your body and say, "Hey, what am I craving? What do I need?" And at night, the only thing I wanted was like an orange, maybe and maybe some broccoli. So if I was really hungry, that worked, and it fell off. And I've I've kept the weight off. I haven't gained any weight. Uh, since I hit my my goal, right? I, as I, I do hypnosis counseling, and one of the things I, I I never use the word diet because for people that represents denial. Mm -hmm. You know that you're denying yourself. So I just we talk a lot about 
eating patterns and um, and similar to what what you've mentioned. Right. But I if also I could teach add them self hypnosis. And, and, that, and that they are in control of their body. You have just nailed it, Cindy. Um, what I found with my clients, especially the ones who want to work on weight, is that there is a, I'm going to say it, there's almost like a hole in the soul. And that's what I was discovering, not only for myself, but for my clients. So I'm a master tapper. And so I found that tapping, going through the that initial, whether it was a traumatic event, somebody said something to you when you were a child, Mm-hmm. I had been, I was very heavy young, so a lot of people had said some tremendously hurtful and uh, take you down to your knees kind of things to me. And they stuck with me. They were part of who I was, and I kept trying to fill that hole. It's not till you address the hole that um, that really heals over. So any type of whether hypnosis or tapping or self-hypnosis or and so many other things, but once once clients take that and they it it's funny they'll say it feels like it doesn't suck the energy in anymore which, which the food is trying to fill an energy hole that's what I it's that's what right I found. to fill a void and people eat or overeat for so many reasons right right now mostly emotion I'm sure a lot of our audience uh, doesn't know what tapping is so maybe you can define that for them. Yes, um, I'd love to. Um, I was, after I started changing everything, I became an actor and author, I started touring the country, doing workshops. I'll be honest, what I found is that my clients were coming to me, but they weren't getting better as fast as I would like. And in some cases, I could say with complete clarity, oh, you want to meet a soulmate? Well, let's work on how you feel about love of self. And they'd say, yeah, yeah, great, we'll do all that. But it wasn't getting better. So my daughter came in one day. This is just a funny story. She came to my office, and I I told her, I said, I want everyone to get better and quickly. You know, I want it to be effective. And she goes, well, Mom, it's your job to fix them, and you need to figure out how. And then she spun around and left my office, and I'm like, wait, I chased her. I'm like, wait a minute. What do you mean? i got to find a way to fix all this? And she goes, yep, that's your job. And and so she left me in a conundrum. So what happened very quickly, a phenomenal, um, you know, synchronicity is that I discovered that somebody was offering a tapping course, and tapping is actually taking two fingers and gently tapping on the meridians, on the head, over mm-hmm. the eyebrow, on the side, and you basically do your, your around the head and then your clavicle area and certain parts under your armpit and on your hand. And in a sequence, while we're saying really discussing the traumatic event or wherever that initial core wound came in mm-hmm. and it starts to get lighter and lighter and lighter and lighter and so I found that with tapping um, and I do a, a interesting I do more matrix tapping which I go back into the situation where you first heard the wound I had I had a client come and I, I think it was her father that said um, she was young and he said well, well when are you going to be you know attractive like your sister uh. It just radiated through every cell in her body, and she was probably about six years old at the time. Oh. And she w- she had been overweight; she was a little on the on the heavier side. And um, she said she she remembers the wound; she could feel the wound as if it had just happened. We all know these; we've had traumatic events happen to all of us. 
And we went in and we took off the layers of that. So what did that mean about her? It meant she was unlovable. It meant that he didn't see her as, as valuable as her sister. And this was her father? Her father said she was ugly at six. Uh-oh. Now, he wasn't he didn't mean it. He's not a bad guy. He was just making a off he was making a comment on a bad day. But she it became a cellular memory for her that went from her head to her toe. And for that reason, she was overweight. So what happened is we got rid of it and then we went back to um a lot of the, you know, a lot of really getting in touch with her body and when to eat, when not to eat, what her normal rhythm and patterns patterns were. Mm-hmm. And once she started doing that, you have to add exercise in. So she added some exercise, and she lost 30 pounds in three months. Wow. Felt like a million bucks. But the important thing is she said she didn't have the void anymore. So she felt like, and her thing was salty snacks. Cause she was, I said, well, first of all, you can't have them in the house. Some of these are just purely right. for me. If you give me a smart pop, the whole bag will be gone. There's nothing mm. I can do about it. And it's, you know, I mean, we have our little things. So I don't, I can't bring it in the house because I, it's not my safe food. <laughs> so, right. so you know, it's you can, there, it's gone. Exactly. I promise me, I'll tell you I'll have a handful, but something kicks in the brain, and so was anyway, she able be, to forgive her father? Not only because does she kids take her things father, very literally. Yeah, so many stories. With the tapping, it always gets back to, and it's usually, it could be, you know, and this goes back to Piaget. This They've been studying this since the 70s. That there's um, a really interesting thing to note is they found that formal operations goes on from about 5 to almost 13, mm-hmm. and all children between 5 and 13 do not have the ability to take, infor- they take the information in. It's called concrete operations. They take it in as fact, concretely, seriously. Exactly. So if- yeah, so if somebody goes, Cindy, you were, you know, why did you do that? That was stupid, and you're a, you're a young child. And, and your, you young, may be- your young mind says, oh, I must be stupid. Exactly, and that becomes your motive one day. For, it becomes your belief maybe for your whole life. Could be, if you don't do special things to handle it. So, so all of these messaging, and it's nobody's fault. I don't ever want to say, we always work with, um, you have to have forgiveness as part of tapping. One whole section of tapping is forgiveness. Not only oh, forgiveness good. for yourself. And here's the funny thing about tapping. Um, a lot of people don't know this, but a lot of it is you have to forgive yourself for believing exactly. I just, uh, not long ago, I had uh, Robin Kasarjan on as a guest who wrote the book Forgiveness, a Bold Choice for a Peaceful Heart. Wow. And one of the sections in her book is on self-forgiveness. Right. And, and sometimes that's the toughest well, it is because the message came in as fact at the time, at the time. And so part of the part that's always enlightening, I find, for most of the clients is that when someone says, you were a kid, this happened, and you believed it, so right. forgive yourself for putting your faith in that message. It was just a message, and it was a, it was not a healthy message, obviously. And then you forgive the other party because the other party was probably worked all day came in, you asked them something at a time when they were just being crabby, and none of us have done a perfect job parenting. I have had to work on my children with tapping because Mm -hmm. I may have said something in a moment of 
of frustration, and I didn't mean it because I love them eternally. And How old are I, your children? I have three, 27, 22, and 17. Ah, so you're still dealing with a teenager. I am. <laughs> <laughs> we could all laugh about that, right? <laughs> right. They're 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 brilliant, and they all have a Superman complex, Superman or Superwoman complex. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, we we laugh about it now, though. Um, and this, here's the funny thing: growing up as you know a person who studies conscious, my my specialty is conscious transformation. So mm-hmm. when my children use my own words against me or my own Uh-oh. my own <laughs> technique, here so it comes kind of, right back at you. <laughs> they're like, Mom, when you said that. I wasn't, you know, I felt, uh, and then they start to talk about their emotion, which is funny because sometimes they're using it just to get their, you know, the TV on until 3 in the morning. So it's it's kind of funny. It's funny. Now, Um, do they live close to you? uh, One is in Seattle. uh, Mm -hmm. One is in Boston, still in college, and uh, one lives here at home. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. So it's, it's. I think it's the, I hope for our future, for speaking about kids, is that um, if we sh- we're able to show and share these moments when someone had this, a cha- you know, something came up where they developed, and it's, and Cindy, I'm sure you've found this through all your practices as well. I found that lack comes in four buckets. There's lack of usually self-worth being one of them. Mm-hmm. Number two, lack of acceptance, which is acceptance from others. It could be close family, it could be large groups, doesn't matter. Lack of means, which usually gets into the financial piece, or lack of support. And usually I find the lack of support can be from the universe, feeling like the universe doesn't have your back. And when we talk in those terms, it's amazing how people can turn their light back on very quickly. And the universe certainly, yeah certainly hit you in a in a big way during your your midlife yes yes uh they they showed me that there are shortcuts for happy living and they weren't um they were all around me but i needed to for myself because i'm very i like to be very organized and i've had a business for many years and um i put together a sheet for myself, this is just when I was starting all my own changes and transformation, and I called it the Shortcuts for Happy Living. Everything I'd been able to find, research, uh, glean information from other amazing, um, you know, teachers like yourself, and put it down into the Shortcuts for Happy Living. Okay, and before that- we get into explaining the shortcuts, uh, Doug, we're going to take a short break. I want to mention that... Um, If you'd like to call in and either speak to Diane or myself, the number is 888-627-6008. And while we take a break, grab a pad of paper and a pen because you may want to jot down some of these shortcuts. So this is Cindy Gilman, Discover Your Potential. We'll be back in just a moment. Cindy Gilman is a certified holistic and Reiki and energy practitioner, as well as a spiritual medium. As a spiritual medium and empath, she conducts individual personal consults either by phone or in her office. 
All sessions are professional and confidential. For a phone consultation or in-office appointment, go to www.cindygilman.com or call 401-885-4115. And we're back. So I'm speaking today with Diane Bischoff-James, who is the author of The Real Brass Ring. And uh, if you're thinking oh, it's impossible for me to change my life. It's impossible for me to change things. No, it isn't. And sometimes the universe will shove us or push us or grab us and say, whoop, here it is. So, Diane, first of all, thank you for spending part of your Sunday with me. Oh, it's my pleasure. This is, this, I love this. This is so much fun. <laughs> Just spending time with you, Cindy. <laughs> it's amazing. I, I we you know the thing is we share so many interesting things in common from from our past and then moving along into the work that you and I do. Um, I mean, for me, it, it, my paternal grandmother, I was performing down in Miami. And uh, and up in the Catskills, and when I was down in Miami, at one point she just said to me, uh, "You know, it's time for you to start your real work." And I said, uh, I- "I'm doing my real work." She went, "Not this singing nonsense. Your real work." <laughs> so she said, "Go back home and start doing your real work." So, I mean, if my grandmother said, don't cross the street because there'll be a car coming, you didn't. But uh, so I went back. I closed up my apartment in New York, went back to Boston, and uh, it just happened. It just, you know, when the univ- when you're ready for the universe to help you make a change, it's there. Wow. That's amazing. And I, I agree. I agree. It's and you're on purpose, it's also easy. It's not hard. I was so used to swimming up the stream with hands and feet and paddling with rocks. Right, (laughs) So let's let's talk a little bit about these 14 shortcuts. All right, and this is what I was looking for, speaking about ease. you know, I got out of Sonia's session and I said, you know, it's great. Tell me everything's wrong, but how do you ditch a family? How do you ditch ditch your house? Uh, I still had children to raise. I had a relationship that I had to end. You know, it wasn't easy after 16 years of marriage. And so I call right. it a healthy divorce. And so I needed, I need tools, simple tools. And so I'll, I'll give you a, we'll go through a couple because I know we could spend a whole evening on this. Uh, but we'll go through the ones I feel like uh, people are, um, find the most valuable in kind of like the shortest amount of time. And one of them is, and this is the one I love and work a lot with clients on, it's called leveraging your alignment. And okay, what explain. I, yeah, what I, what I have found is that there's four aspects to alignment. And, and many of us have heard this. You know, we have our mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual. And in those four quadrants, everything about 
how to feel good exists. All right. So I will ask, I'm going to go through a few samples of things I go through with clients in depth, but I'm going to ask some questions just so that listeners can have some tools to, to ponder and think about. Okay, get your pens and paper ready, listeners. Exactly. Here's your quiz, okay? Uh, Now, this is... Lots of homework. (laughs) We're going to do both. I do quantitative because a lot of people are very left brain, and then it gets into some qualitative. So quantitative, 1 to 10, 10 is the highest. On the Mm -hmm. mental plane, the first question is, how much do you love the work that you're doing? 1 to 10, 10 is the highest. Uh Aha. And let people just say, and that means in work, you can define that doesn't have to be paid work. That could be how you're spending most of your time during the day, okay? So, and there's two areas of work sometimes, so I usually classify this. One could be um, pat, like work where you're just, okay, I'm doing it, we're paying the bills, make sure everybody's got a roof over their head. And then there also can be passionate work in the work that you're, uh, the work that's really you're calling from your soul. Right. Okay, so that's a question. And you Your can divide that into two sections. Yeah, some people have hobbies that they just thoroughly enjoy, and that's work as well, especially if it involves a lot of time. Okay, second question on the mental plane. How much of your time do you spend on passionate pursuits? Okay, now I'm going to say 1 to 10. 10 would mean like an hour every day I do something that gets that passion place going and that means i'll define that usually you lose track of time you use the word i love doing this whatever it is mm-hmm. for example today it's 72 degrees here i love going to the beach i sat on the beach i got sun on my skin for the first time in three months so mm-hmm. i was thrilled that's a passionate pursuit of mine i would give myself you know for sure today at 10 but overall in the week some people don't do anything that's in their in their love it camp, and some people are really con, you know cognizant and are doing stuff all the time. So that let's look at that on the mental plane. Okay, there's more questions, but we'll stop with those two for that one. We're going to move to emotional, and this is where and what's so fun about this one is that on all four quadrants, you can kind of get it's almost like giving yourself a little diagnostic. Not most people have some quadrants that are high and some are low, so you can kind of see where it's going on in your own life. So emotional. One to ten. Ten is the highest. Okay, let's slow down so our listeners can take notes. Okay. On the emotional plane. Right. One to ten. Ten is the highest. Okay. How fully supported do you feel in your life? And that's usually by your... Oh, that's a big one. Yeah, your significant other. That's a big one. And be honest, some some people have relationships that have been long-term, but they don't mm-hmm. feel very supported. Right. Some people have, uh, you know, relationships that, you know, are tremendously supportive. Um, but that's a real good one that just need to be honest about that one. Okay. And some people have relationships where they just expect you to be supportive. So true. Very true. Okay. So I want everybody to think about that one. Yep. And then in this camp as well, two very important questions. You're going to rate yourself at the same time, but give yourself two different scores. 
This is a different question. How loved do you feel by others? One to ten. And that could be, with some people, it could be your team, the people who really get you and know you. Right. For some, if you don't have a significant other, it is it could be family, friends, whoever really is on. I always say, on your team, not the people. And some who are, people feel they don't deserve to be loved. Exactly. And that's, I guess, that's where the tapping comes in. Yeah. Yeah. We can handle that. We can we can get rid of it for good, and that's that's the beauty of all these different techniques. And then here's the real kicker. Here's the big question. Okay. In in being be honest, one to ten, ten is the highest. Mm-hmm. How much do you love yourself? Oh, that is a big one. That's a big one. Because if. If you can't love yourself, you can't love others. Right. And we haven't had much education in it. We haven't sometimes had enough support. Sometimes you got bad messaging. But the good news is if you can just look at some of these numbers, even if they're low, it just brings awareness to it. It brings a little clarity to it. It's not to judge yourself. It's not to judge other people. It's just to kind of pinpoint the area in which you can focus to then heal that over and start anew. And then just the two others, we'll go through them pretty quick. No, take your time. Well, okay, we'll go, okay, well, on the physical. Okay. Then there's two key areas on this one. So we're going to ask both together again, give yourself two scores. Number one. One to ten, ten is the highest. Do you have pain? Okay, now a ten means I have no pain at all. I feel fabulous. Now, this is physical pain or emotional pain? Physical pain. Uh Uh-huh. Physical pain. And don't you find, I mean, because you do holistic work, don't you find that often physical pain reacts to emotional pain, that different parts of the body can be associated with different emotional issues. It's like when people will come to me and say, oh, I've got such a pain in the neck. I go, really? Who's the pain in the neck? (laughs) Right. And I I always say... I, and someone says, and this is because it, it, you know, Louise Hay studied this for her entire career. There's I know, so I many, loved her. I loved her because when someone comes to me, I always ask them the pain question because it immediately pinpoints and it ties into what we were just talking about, some of the core wounds. Someone will say, my lower back hurts. And I'll say, well, that's, so why don't you feel like you have any support? Uh-huh. And they usually they'll usually either start to cry or they'll say, I, you're right, how did you know? Because it's reflecting any emotional issues that you have going on. And So repeat that again, because I want so, people to really hear that. So just what you said, Cindy, you were talking about neck pain. Neck means you feel like you have, you're carrying people or weight on your neck that is not yours. 
and I usually associate that with shoulders and shoulder blades. Yeah. And exactly. Al- and also, neck has to do with compromise, making, being able to compromise or turn. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And lower back mm-hmm. has to do with not feeling supported. And balance. Mm-hmm. And balance. So many and people today feel out of balance. You know, there's so many things going on in the world today. And I don't know if your clients are coming to you because... They're stressed out over things going on in the world, or um, it's uh, we're living in a kind of strange time right now. But all of that, all of that stress, stresses not only the mind but the body. Absolutely, and then we have to always put that back into you know. So how can my world? be reflected in the highest possible light because that is your biggest gift. If you can take any of these issues that are a little low and just say, I'm going to do some more self-compassion, some more love, do things I enjoy, and brighten up my light, that's the simplest gift you can give to yourself, to your family, and to everybody that you see throughout the day because it's contagious. And that's why these little diagnostics are helpful to say, okay, well, you know what? Physically, maybe I don't have any pain, but maybe emotionally I don't know if I feel as supported as I would prefer. Well, then we can have some conversations about it and talk to the people who or are Or it's pain. become so familiar to them, they don't even realize it. Yes, yes. So often... Sometimes the uh, familiar is not exactly the best. Right, or it's become so, it's so familiar that you're blind. Everyone else, here's the good news. Most other people can see what's going on, but to to ourselves, really challenging. Um, I will, the last piece of this, of this quadrant is the spiritual. And some of my clients will say, well, I think I have intuitive messages. I want to be open to spirit, but I feel like I doubt everything that comes across. And that's more, and it's funny because that's the easiest one. That's just more learning to trust and to say, hey, you know, did someone tell, I don't know about you, Cindy, but I always know that Spirit's talking to me when right. two two different people will give me the same message, usually within a short period of time, that's a strange, weird message that came across out of two different mouths. And then I know, two t- one time I heard it, second time, I have to do heads up. Third time, I'm not listening. <laughs> if I get it again, it's like, get on track with that, girl. And so I take those messages very seriously. I mean, this goes, this goes you know, back to some of all the original teachings of, of metaphysics. But you right. are, we are all sharing information with each other. And if, this is just totally funny. Someone told me to go to, um, just for fun, just like this, uh, a, a new class I'd never been to. I heard it from two people in two different, in the same week. And so I went last night and it was like a, it was an exploration of Tantra. And I have not Mm. really studied that yet. And I had, it was, it was purely about heart opening um, 
in a circle of people that no one knew each other, and it was the most amazing two hours I've spent in in months. I needed it after, you know, holidays are a little stressful, so it was right. nice to just have a heart opener. And what was and it called did, again? Uh, this was just a Tantra exploration, and mm-hmm. it was um, it was in Boston, and it was, I think we had over 25 people show up. No one knew what to expect what was going to happen. We were all just like, hey, new year, new me. And everybody right. showed up. It was fabulous because um, everyone was honest. And they, it was, uh, we were allowed to just uh, do simple, simple exercises of uh, just sometimes you gave somebody a hug. Uh, sometimes we just let people express what their new desires are for the new mm-hmm. year. And in some cases, uh, we went on to another person and we'd say, what would you like to let go of this year? And they would just share wow. that. We would we would, it was simple and beautiful, and everybody's light was shining at the end of this um, very simple um, exercise because... And their aura became brilliant. <laughs> exactly. They were glowing, and we felt like we right. knew each other. We didn't even know each other's names. Right. <laughs> I love I know. Isn't that great when that happens? Yeah, and it was about it was about opening spiritu- spiritually. It was about opening our hearts up. It was about uh, pure love, and it was about pure connection. And it was nothing uh, nothing strange or unusual. And uh, it was it was fun, and people were laughing. And and uh, I don't know. I, I was so glad I went. I'm I'm good. At, I'm very adventurous, and I do all kinds of adventure seeking stuff. So for me, it was just. Something has been on my list for a long time, mm-hmm. and delighted, just delighted. So Where did they hold the, it? Uh, this was at the Armory uh, in. It's the art, the Center for the Arts, and they have uh, maybe a couple more coming up. They sometimes mm-hmm. tie it. Uh, it. It's all different things are coming up, but it was just very fun. And and the reason I like to bring it up is because part of the real brass ring is that you. It, I, you're, it's a little like the, the movie Yes Man. I am, mm-hmm. I completely am yes woman. If somebody says, you know, would you want to go to this class with me? I usually say yes before I even know what the class is <laughs> because that's how I have fun. Is Bring your tap shoes and let's go. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure I don't know what West Coast Swing is, but I'm going to it next <laughs> week and I'm going to them all dance, you know, like professionals, and I'll be the little wallflower just laughing in the corner trying oh. to figure it out. Uh, but no, but, I'm, but I enjoy that. I enjoy I enjoy all these uh, all, every new thing I ever experienced. To be honest with you, just because I just because I was willing to show up. So so those that's all part of uh, part of finding your greatest good. And if for any reason you don't prefer, you don't have to go back. Um, but that that just kind of shows. So when we get back to the mental, emotional, spiritual, physical, when those are all rocking on in a perfect world, if your scores are eight or above, that is fabulous. If your scores are eight or below, it's an area just for you to look at. It's nothing for you to really get um, concerned about. But just say, hey, you know what? Emotionally, I think I need to do more self-love. And maybe spiritually, you just need to open up a little bit more and start trusting these messages, trusting the signs. Now, Diane, how can people get to your material on 14 Shortcuts? Everybody listening can get this my 14 Shortcuts for free uh, if you go onto my website, 
which is Diane, D-I-A-N-N-E dot net. So Diane, two N's and an E dot net. And if you just sign up, it will, it will say, do you want to sign up for the newsletter? It's a very simple newsletter. If you do, you automatically get the 14 shortcuts for happy living. It comes across in a PDF and they're really um, fast and effective ways to reframe your day. Even if you're in the moment, you can think about, hey, you know what? Am I focusing on what feels good to me right now? That's something I should think about today. Let me just spend a little more time doing that as I walk out of the door this morning. I'm going to do something that feels good. And those are the things, just little reminders, um, and they also help you pay attention. And just if a lesson's coming along, it really gives you a chance to kind of focus on what that might be so you can really dissect that and figure out how to learn your lesson quickly, those types of things. And the book, The Real Brass Ring, can be either bought or... Yes, that's on uh, Amazon, Amazon.com, right. Amazon.com, and BarnesandNoble.com. Okay, so for those of you, and and I stress, it's worth the read, The Real Brass Ring by Diane Bischoff-James. You can get it through Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com, and The 14 Shortcuts for Happy Living, and I know everybody wants a quick fix, but these shortcuts are worth, they're worth uh, working through. And that you can get through Diane's website, which is D-I-A-N-N-E dot net. And is there any message that you would like to pass on to our audience before we complete our time? I would just like to say that the your world and the world around you is filled with endless possibilities. So make sure you get out there and grab it every beautiful opportunity that is coming your way so that you can find and reach your greatest good. And that's why this program is called Discover Your Potential. And Diane certainly has discovered her potential. Well, it's it's all in the process. We, we're all going through a process. For those of you who would like to hear the podcasts of this program, you can go to Spotify or iTunes or www dot w d y p talk radio dot com or you can go to my website cindygilman dot com diane you have been an absolute delight and very informative and um this your whole life story is what this program is about helping people to realize that they have the potential, the ability, the insightfulness to discover their potential and do and live to their fullest. Thank you so much, Cindy. This has been just um, an honor to have the chance to speak with you today. It's my honor. I I truly, when, when I read 
your background and how you started out performing and and then moved on to doing the work that you do. And I said, oh, I'm going to really enjoy this program. And I have. I, I truly appreciate all the work that you do to help others. The fact that you had the courage, the courage to make the changes that you made. And now you're a Bostonian. <laughs> yes. And that's where that I started out. Wow. <laughs> well, we'll have to talk after the after the broadcast because we we share a lot in common. <laughs> and my love for Boston is huge, so I'm sure we have that as well. This is a great I, You know, I grew up there. I went to college there. And uh, in fact, I saw my my classmate Henry Winkler on uh, one of the award shows the other night. Uh, we did our first acting scene together, and oh uh, unfortunately, he didn't win that night. But it was it was good to see him on on TV. So thanks again, Diane, and have a wonderful, wonderful, enjoyable and courageous life because you have found the real brass ring. Thank you. Okay, Doug, I thank you so much for helping today. Um, Once again, this is Discover Your Potential with Cindy Gilman. Um, I do want to mention that our next program, I think for those of you who grew up if you're younger, if you grew up watching Sesame Street, or uh, if you have children that do, Jean Beretta, who is a children's book author with two more books in the works, and he's an illustrator, worked for Sesame Street. He will be my next guest. I say God bless you all. Have the courage to make the changes you need to so you can live up to your potential. And I will say good night for now. Hello, I am Ron Hayden of Voices Unlimited. I've been writing and voicing radio and television commercials, toys, games, corporate sales and training, and so much more for over 25 years nationally and globally. I will write or co-write and voice your radio or TV spots, on-hold messages, or whatever you need in one of my many voices or celebrity voices, custom characters, or an announcer voice. A great gift idea. Have me make a celebrity phone call for a special occasion. Just go to www.ronhayden.com to sample my voice demos. Email me at rhvoices1 at msn.com. I look forward to working with you in a high voice, a low voice, or just my voice. Cindy Gilman is a certified holistic and Reiki and energy practitioner, as well as a spiritual medium. As a spiritual medium and empath, she conducts individual personal consults either by phone or in her office. All sessions are professional and confidential. For a phone consultation or in-office appointment, go to www.cindygilman.com or call 401-885-4115.
Jesus the Almighty. 